and welcome to the Curators podcast. I'm your host, Virgil Glynn. Joining us again today is Thierry van Hernevinen. Thierry is the Director and Head of Sales Knowledge Management and Global Sales Enablement at WIPRO. And Thierry also hosts the Sales Enablement Lab podcast. In our last episode with Thierry, we focused a lot on sales enablement strategy. Today, we're going to drill down into sales content and a sales knowledge library. Thierry, when you think about sales content and sales knowledge management, what does that mean to you? That to me means that regardless of where you are in the sales cycle, what are the um, conversations you need to equip your sales teams with to have a valuable sales conversation, right? And 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 in in the other podcast we talked a little bit about um, what's a valuable sales conversation. But for me, the critical part here is that it is across the entire sales cycle. So, um, what is it you need to really um, prospect a um, uh, an opportunity? What are the insights you can share at the beginning of the sales um, cycle while you're still uh, building up that level of trust with your uh, customer um, all the way more towards the end um, once you um, ha- have shared the value uh, of what you can deliver as a solution uh, and you're, you get more into the, uh, the, 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 the details of the negotiation, the final offer, all the way maybe till the end, which is um, uh, working together with your customer to get a, um, a case study um, uh, out of it. So what is it you share with, the, uh, with your customer across that entire cycle? So in a, in a world where we want to have the most valuable conversations and, and in a world where we want to have our material tailored to who we're talking to, how can a company really just keep up to date with the sheer volume of information that's been created and also be able to even see all that information because it's distributed across so many different systems and applications within a company. You cannot do everything um, um, because you almost need like an infinite budget to do that, an infinite amount of resources to deliver on that. So I think the first area to look into is how do you prioritize this enormous uh, task? Uh, the current library I maintain with my team is roughly 18,000 assets. So that is a tremendous library we maintain as a uh, team. The challenge isn't so much creating that content. The challenge is more of keeping that content consistent and, and, and keeping it up to date, basically. So I think one of the um, first things you can do is really work together with the leaders and try to understand which products, which solutions generate the majority of the revenue. Right? And what you typically see in an organization is that 20% of the products actually generate 80% of the revenue. So that might be your first stick in the ground to say, okay, that's at least where I want to put some focus. That's my um, bread and butter. Then the second conversation to have with the leadership team is to say, um, okay, in addition to what we're currently selling, what are your business priorities for the future? So, and maybe we're not selling um, so much on IoT today, Internet of Things, but it is a major focus area for us as a company in the future. So by understanding the company's priorities, what you can do is then add those, add a, add those items um, 
um, uh, to that list as well. So that kind of gives you the combination of strategic focus of the company for the future in combination with what is generating the revenue um, uh, today, basically. Then I figure the second angle is to think around, okay, how do I do this in a scalable way? How do I set standards? How do I set templates? So I understand that when we do a product launch or a solution launch or a marketing campaign for something, then at least I know roughly what I need to create. I know typically how long it will take to execute on that, and I can create some consistent methodology on, on executing uh, on that. And that will help you then also with the third aspect, which is then, okay, once that content is created, how do I govern that? So once you know how much it will take you to create it, you also know then how much it will um, uh, cost you to maintain that library. So at some stage then you can go back to the organization and say, okay, well, if we keep that library around 15,000 assets, then I can do a rough prediction every year how many people I need to maintain that library, how much time it will take for the business to review the documents they have submitted in the past, and also I can give you an estimate of how many product launches and, and solution launches we can handle with this team in, in the year, basically. 18,000 assets. Wow. In terms of volume theory, how does that compare to what your peers at other companies manage? It's a large database. Don't forget that the organization I currently work for, Wipro, is, is, a, is an enormous organization, right? It's, it's more than 170,000 people across 20 different service lines, across 25 different industries. I think compared to other organizations, it is reasonable, but we do realize it is a large knowledge database to maintain, right? So things like quick access to the right tools, the right information, having a, a tremendous search capability in that platform is, is really, really important. We put a lot of effort on the governance. So we run roughly 20 different governance processes to maintain that library and to make sure that, um, number one, it contains the information we're looking for, but number two, it doesn't grow tremendously. It's, it, as what I said, it, it's not that hard to grow that library tremendously. There's so much knowledge in the company, something I've always been extremely impressed with. But once you put an, an asset in that library, you need to maintain it. You need to make sure it keeps up to date. You need to make sure that you have an active owner. As I think about my sales content library, what are the types of services that I should try and roll up my sleeves, as we talked about last week, and take care of myself, versus what are the types of things that I should look to external partners to support me on? If I speak just for, for a moment about sales knowledge services, right? So all the services we run for sales knowledge which are a subset of sales enablement, basically. We run, I would say, 20 different services for the company which is all the way from um, curating content to creating content to helping people to define a value proposition to account information, account intelligence, all the way to services to where people are uploading that content into our sales enablement platform, et cetera, et cetera. We as a company are a big believer in learning from the best and then moving that knowledge internally, for example. Having external companies crafting value propositions um, is great, but it's also very expensive. So if you look at your pyramid of solutions, can you craft a strategy where you say, okay, well, the, most, uh, the 50 most important uh, value propositions, we will use the experts in the industry and anything that is below in that pyramid, we will 
try to build up a practice internally to do that ourselves. So that's something we're 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 working on. We're 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 figuring out basically how to find that right balance. Just as it's important to measure the impact of sales enablement across the organization, when we drill into our sales content library, how do we know if the work we're doing is adding value or if it's just really a tax on the organization? So we measure that into two areas. And, and, and we did actually a tremendous amount of research before we started on this journey by, I would say, talking to at least 100 sales reps in the company to understand where, where do you need help. So if you ask sales reps, where do you need help, you typically get, they need help into two different areas. The first area they need help in is help me to prepare for my sales conversations. Very often what we hear from sales reps is that they would like to learn how to speak the industry language. Typically, sales reps don't have a problem positioning the products the company um, sells. Where they struggle is to do that in the context of the customer they sell to. So how do I take my product or solution, what I sell, and how do I articulate that in front of a CMO from an oil company or in front of a VP of business operations in a pharmaceutical organization. So that's the first area where sales reps need a lot of help with, is help, help me to speak the right industry uh, language, basically. The second area we hear there often is give me material I can leverage to prepare my conversation with the customer with. And, 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 and so what they're not looking for is 20 different presentations, all in a different font size, all in a different color, where it takes hours to augment them together. What they want is short decks they can quickly uh, pull together and then tailor to their specific conversation. So, so anything we can do to help them to be in that preparation process is something we should try to measure, or at least I take the four or five things, most important things there. So we do measure things like, okay, how much time are you spending right now on preparation versus when you're using the sales enablement library, how much time are you spending there, for example? How well do you speak industry knowledge now that you have used the library to educate yourself, et cetera, et cetera? So that's the first area, helping to prepare. Then the second area is around, okay, now I have been able to get that important meeting with my client. How do I be as effective as possible in front of the customer? So things like give me a specific conversation for that specific set of buyers I am uh, meeting. So and that, that instant knowledge I learned when I was preparing, how do I use that now in my conversation? How do I, do a, how do I engage in a conversation where I can shift between topics, right? Because you might go in and think, okay, I'm trying to sell, I don't know, security or collaboration. I can tell you your customer will move maybe very quickly from collaboration to, uh, to data center and from data center to security from security maybe to a digital engagement, for example. So uh, help them to be effective and be able to switch between those uh, conversations. So these are all kind of things we try to, to measure and, and try to act on. In a world where the rate at which content is being produced grows faster and faster every day, how is it possible to keep a sales content library fresh? A couple of things there, right? So we, we talked about prioritization. I think that prioritization is really, really important, right? So uh, 
make sure that you have coverage for those solutions or conversations you're having or whatever that is, which generates any 80% of your revenue, right? And, and, and if you do the analysis, typically what you see is that it's coming from a limited amount of products or solutions. So I think that's an easy task to do to, to help you in that first step of prioritization. An area we are starting to explore more and more is so much great content is created by the sales teams. How do you tap into that pool of tremendous knowledge? How do you leverage that, right? So everyone is now very much talking about social learning and social learning platforms. And I'm sure that in the future, we will leverage more and more of that content. And it will be more maybe the focus on the governance process around it and really making sure that what we add to that library is of good quality and that we find the right owner for that and, and, and people are going to maintain that. But I think that's a tremendous area of growth. I think we all should explore more and tap into and, and see how we can how we can tap into that pool of knowledge of material which is created directly by the sales teams. Because obviously it's working, right? They're closing deals, they are working with that content. So it's working for them. Is there anything we can learn from that and bring back into the system basically? Which comes back to a couple of areas, right, is, is really making sure that the content you have in your library is, is fresh and up-to-date, right? So as I said, is we run roughly, I would say, 20 governance processes. Um, some of them are very simple. Some of them are really around, do we, is the owner of that content still in the company? It might be that a, a, what I try to educate my team on constantly and, and daily is we should not own content unless it is a very, very specific asset, right? But we're not the subject matter experts here with the exception of a few areas. So we should not necessarily own content, which means that all of those 18,000 assets are owned by the business. So one of the things you need to check is, is that owner still within the company? Or did that owner maybe even move into a new role? And does that mean he, he he's no longer the owner of that content? So some of those very basic things, you actually need to put the processes in place to to check that. Other areas are, are we really making sure that when we do a product launch, how do we make sure that we're in the loop for that? How do we make sure that we're part of that that list that people work with us so we get automatically invited into that process so we make sure that when we actually do that, that launch, that we created the sales enablement content. Another area might be something thing, simple as templates. So if marketing comes out with a new company brand, how do we make sure that we rebrand the items in the database so people don't see a template which was from uh, 2012, but actually see the template from 2016 and very soon 2017. So a lot of these governance processes we either do manually or in a, in a very much automated fashion.